podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Hello everybody, Cricket Badger Podcast, it's time again to have a chat about all things cricket and as we approach episode number 500, I'm still scratching my head to think of ways to do episode number 500 to give it the right and true prominence it deserves as we get about, I think about 14 podcasts away from that. But today, obviously, we're going to continue talking a little bit about racism in cricket, but also looking at the future of Yorkshire County Cricket Club. I've always thought Um, All the way through this, this is an opportunity for Yorkshire County Cricket Club to A, be better, B, be more inclusive and C, get things right going forward. Draw that line in the sound and see where they come to. So they're actually a really strong and powerful and club that everybody can be proud of as we move forward. I welcome onto the podcast today, we have Chris Marshall and Jim Hemsworth with me. Gentlemen, hello. Hi, James. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good indeed. It's good to have you both uh, with me today. Um, I've entitled this, Yorkshire Members Are Revolting. Um, and I'm pleased to say that you two, you, you haven't got revolting faces at all. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, but Chris, um, just looking at um, where Yorkshire are at the moment, obviously, reputationally, about as low as, as they've ever been. But as I said on the intro there, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for the club to be to learn lessons, get better, and as we'll come on to, involve the members in, in everything they do. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think Yorkshire, are, are, firstly, they're rock bottom. Um, secondly, they're between a rock and a hard place you know, in terms of the membership. You know, we've got on one hand an institutionally racist organisation, on the other hand, uh, a morally bankrupt and, and you know, one in terms of the ECB. Yeah, so... so there's only one way to go and that's up. And ironically, I think that is the way you will solve racism from the bottom up. You know, I, you know, I don't really believe that another program or set of T-shirts or statement or symbol or whatever from, from however well-meaning, yeah, until you get people around the table and ask them, you know, why are they? Why do you think you're not? What do you think you know, the, the, the way out of it is? It has to be a more inclusive yeah, solution. And that's the opportunity. Yeah, that is a great opportunity that has come about through a horrendous situation. Jim, you, you on the same path with that? Do you see the same opportunities for the club moving forward? Absolutely. And I'll probably go a little bit further because I'm actually more and more livid with Yorkshire because they failed to see 16 months ago when this came out, they could have actually blazed the trail, for want of a better phrase. They really could have done good and constructive work and really got to the, really got to it and dealt with it and then really moved forward. And it just seems that the members, the the fans, everybody has just been saying, Can can we sort this? Can we sort this? And and the club's hierarchy has just been like, nah, there's now to sort. There's now to sort. And and there clearly is. You you don't get you don't get summoned to select committees if there's nothing there. And, and Yorkshire have really missed the boat on this. Um, and they've ended up, and you've mentioned there about the reputation of the club. It's it's dire. 
it, it's absolutely shocking. I've, I've, you know, I have people coming up to me at work. They know I'm a member. They know I'm a massive fan. And, and they're just playfully ribbing me. It's like, oh, you must be racist. It's like, I ain't racist. But, but this is what, this is the fault of the club. And that's absolutely infuriating because they've really missed the opportunity to the cricket in this country. And Yorkshire is such an institution. Cricket in Yorkshire, York Cricket Club, everything about it. They've really missed the opportunity to, to grab it by the cojones, if you will, and, and say, right, no, we're changing and you're all going to change with us because this is what we can do. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to disagree with that, but uh, maybe a little bit of advocate is that I'm far from convinced that 16 months ago, this management team that we had then would have been capable of doing that. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's the bit that I kind of hang on to in that is that, uh, yes, they have missed an opportunity, but if they had attempted to, I'm not sure they would have actually done that good of a job because they would have just stuck a plaster over it. Um, they would have, because they were so, so disjointed, yeah, from in terms of what the members want, in terms of what society wanted, in terms of what was going on within their organisation. That, you know, you and I know, James, that when we set up the, the, the thing to try and force an ECB, when it's about racism and racism alone, there was a lot of, of interest and there's a lot of, yes, you're doing the right thing, but there's not quite so many people prepared to actually put their hand up because everyone's a little bit afraid of what their own past may, may, may reveal or how that will go down in their street or the dinner party or whatever. But as soon as it became incredibly apparent that the, the organization was just being run ineptly, Loads of people put their hand up because that, that was safer. Yeah, let's be honest, that was safer to go and say, these guys are ruining my club. And so, mm-hmm. you know, one of the good things that has come out of this is, you know, so far, Lord Patel, the best thing that's come out of it is the fact that there can be little doubt about the fact that change has to happen. We have to figure out as members how we can A, be involved in that and B, make a difference. Jim, on that, the I mean, Lord Patel's come in and... He's been, only been in there a matter of days still, hasn't he? He's, he I, I know um, he's been very busy, obviously, in the early part of his tenure. But everything he said at the moment seems to be what I would hope he, hope he would say. He seems to be taking it seriously. He seems to be talking to the right people. He's apologised to Azim. He, you know, the early signs are good, are positive from Lord Patel for me. Absolutely. Um, I've, and I've said this, I've said this to Chris in, in private conversations. All the right things are being said. The proof, as always, will be in the pudding. You quite correctly say he's been in the job, what, two, two and a dribble weeks? So, yeah. uh, and I'm pretty sure he'll have a full inbox. You know, I'm pretty sure he's a busy boy. It's, um, it's, it's difficult to change the world in two weeks, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and there's and the right moves are being made. Um, and and I, I, I've never... I haven't interacted with Lord Patel much. I, I don't know a great amount about him. Obviously, I know bits and bats what you read in the press. But he seems to be a good man who genuinely wants to make the right changes. And I think he's probably the man to lead the club forward. I know he's only interim chairman. I guess we'll all vote on making him the permanent chair um, at the AGM when we all renew, if we all renew, uh, in the new year. Um, and and I and I'd like to see that happen because he does seem like a bloke who at least knows what needs to happen. And it's and like Chris said, um, it's not about wearing a t-shirt. It's not about banners on the side of the of Eddingley. It, it's about actual real action. And and I would, I would really hope that he is the man who can do that. Can try and force this change, particularly in the hierarchy. 
of the club. Chris, on, on, on what Jim's just said there, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier about it coming from the bottom up. I agree with that to yeah. some extent, but I also think the club sets the tone to a degree. So the club's got to be showing people what the right thing to do is. And then almost from the bottom up, people need to be thinking, well, they're doing that. We need to be, you know, because the, the danger is that if it's taken seriously on the, at the grassroots and, and at member level, but the club's still saying the wrong thing, the message gets lost, doesn't it? The club has to set the tone. Well, exactly. You need a leader. Uh, and on that alone, you know, uh, however unscripted it was, you know, one of the the, the, the key visions and, and memories I have of the select committee was when they brought uh, Lord Patel down to sit alongside Hutton. And it was like chalk and cheese in terms of, of a leader, you know, in terms of you know, and golf parlance. You, you don't win your four day golf match on day one, but you can lose it. You know, so in his first two weeks, he could have lost the membership. Yeah, he mm. could have he could have lost credibility. Yeah, but he hasn't. And, he, and one of the things he hasn't done is he hasn't overpromised. He hasn't come in and said, you know, glibly, I'll sort this out. Yeah, and he hasn't responded to every single thing that's been in the news because he's, he's saying, look, you know, I've got to figure out, I guess he's sat there going, I've got to figure out who I can trust. Yeah, I've got to figure out who I can trust within the organisation, who I can trust within the, you know, the, the ECB, who I can trust within the membership when I speak to them and, and everything else. But the, the view I have is that we are being led by somebody who understands cricket. I know that he played cricket last year yeah, in a, in a charity game and, and, and ruptured his elbow yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, So if he's still playing at that level, that came back to the game last year he gets a big thumbs up for me uh, and a lot of sympathy to put that into context you know uh, at Scarborough this year I was there for a game and you know it was a chairman's lunch we were in the marquee uh, the, the, the Hutton and the board were there they had absolutely no interaction with anybody they just looked and felt like a superior table right looking down not wanting to get their, 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 their shoes soiled Right, with absolutely no interest whatsoever, no level of, of professional leadership, not even going around and just walking the room, making eye contact with anybody. You know, they seemed to sit there, talk, and when it was rained off, they couldn't, they couldn't disappear quick enough. They could have done a Q and A. They could have, they could have done so much stuff. Right, they had understood what members following Yorkshire felt and wanted, but they just looked like a group of a dozen people that are so far apart from the guys that are, are paying the, the 250 quid membership or the 60 quid for a test match and the five pound a pint. And, and it's 150 quid to go to a major game probably a day now at Headingley. Right? And you want people to understand what 150 quid means to somebody. And, and, and you know, you're right, you need the leadership at the top, but the change will come by 100,000 people changing something 1%. Yeah, not by one person trying to think they can solve the world. It's holiday season, and that means there are stockings to be stuffed and elves to be cuffed. Well, today's sponsor at Manscaped has gone global with the tools to guarantee you will score under the tree and the mistletoe. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my maths is correct, almost 8 million baubles. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BADGER. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped.
presumably you two guys are talking to friends and fellow members about about what's going on at the moment. I know you're both looking to try and force an, an extraordinary general meeting, regardless of what Lord Patel does in the meantime, because you think that the club needs to basically listen to members and listen to the thoughts from the kind of the floor of the, of the hall rather than just continue without that, that, that kind of input. The emails that I get, I, I, I set up the uh, specific email address for members to get in touch if you wanted to put their name down. Um, and, the, and the general vibe is, is, is similar to myself. It, it's anger and it's embarrassment. And, and it's now gone way beyond Azim Rafiq being called what he was called. That, that, that in itself is terrible. And But once, once you actually read um, the emails that I'm getting, and the members are just so angry at the way that the club has handled this and it's been bullish. And they've tried to marginalise the members. That's and, and what Chris has said there, I wasn't at that game in Scarborough with the chairman's lunch, but I have been up in the Hawk suite before, the presidential suite at Headingley. And it's exactly the same thing. They, the, the board and the, the, the big wing, they, they look at you like, well, why are you here? Who are you? It's like, well, I've been invited here. I'm a, you know, I'm a member. It, you know, and they look at you like you don't matter. And these are the people who run our cricket club. We're, we're all Yorkshire fans. We're all Yorkshire members. We all love the place. And the disconnect, it's mind-boggling. Chris, there's a, there's a members committee at the moment. I, I spoke to one of the um, people that sits on the members committee recently. And I think during this period of 16 months when the club's been under fire to have the investigation and to publish things and to involve people, they've been very much sidelined. And I, I know from talking to you as well, there's a, there's a member on the board, isn't there, that basically was appointed but hasn't really spoken to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, there are two aspects. I think the members committee has about five members on it and one board member attends it. It's called a forum. It, it's set up as a, an opportunity for people to talk. It has no sort of interaction. It doesn't deal with the members. We, ha- we never hear from them. I don't know if I, I'm just missing on the emails. James will, Jim will tell you. But yeah, th- there's nothing that comes to us. There's nothing they want to do this or what do you think about that? From my business perspective, you know, what Yorkshire have done is they've done the, the minimum to actually tick a box that says we have some involvement with our, our members and they've done it in such a way to keep it at arm's length and not have to do with it. Um, at the last AGM, we were asked to, to, to vote on a, a board member from the membership. That process was done via uh, the internal nominations panel only. So the members were invited to apply. Uh, they assessed the CVs and they came up with a shortlist and appointed somebody. And the person they appointed was a chief operating officer for Morris, right? Which, you know, and I don't know him. I've never heard from him. I never heard from him when he was canvassing to be a member. I never heard from him when he was appointed. I never heard from him through all of this information. So I don't know anything about him. But it's hard not to think that this is just that same old right of progression that you get as a senior manager of a, of a large organization in Yorkshire, that at some point on your CV, you get you get appointed to, to, to the Yorkshire board for the old school network and the old boy network. And, and that's just how it feels. And what they've got to do is start understanding the perception they've set and deal with the perception. It, we may be wrong, but if we're allowed to guess that based on what we see and hear and, and you know happens to us, then we've got a valid point. 
and, and I think that whole thing needs restructuring. I, I always think, Jim, and Chris, you can come back on, yeah. on Jim's answer as well, but I always think, Jim, that the, the members' committee is a great opportunity because you, you want to have that funnel because you can't obviously talk to every single member because hopefully you're going to have tens of thousands of them in the future and you, know, you can't talk to them individually, but you need to have that funnel the feedback comes in into that members committee and then maybe one or two of those go onto the board to actually represent the members in the discussions that actually really matter that change the you know the course of the club yeah um absolutely i don't disagree with certainly don't disagree with the sentiment but like chris just said there look look who was appointed as the members representative on the board it was it's likely somebody who's very well known to the club in existence uh, in their existence, uh, in their existing position, they'll almost toe the line, so to speak. And and Chris just mentioned there about the old boys network. You know these things. It goes further. You know members forums. I've never been contacted. I've been a member of Yorkshire for eight years. I've never been contacted by a members forum. I don't know when they meet. I don't know what they discuss. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you each follow me on Twitter. I'm not shy of having opinions. Um, and, and I'm more than happy to to input in these things. I'm not saying that what I say is gospel at all, but I'm more than happy to try and get more involved with these things. But I never hear anything, you know, and I'm normally in the long room and I never hear anything. Um, Chris mentioned there again, sorry, I have to go back to this about the old boys network. We only have to look at the inquiry. It was, it was done by friends of Roger Hutton's or his former law firm. It, it's just one big old boys network and and it's not worked and it's failed in this instance so badly that the, the future of the club's in serious jeopardy. You know, we, we can all sit here and wax lyrical that we're members and we should have some form of authority. Well, that's all been taken away for us, from us down the years. And now all we're getting is the old boys network saying, oh, well, no, you're all wrong. And that, I believe, is what needs to change. We have to have more rep board, more member representation, even if not at board level, but we have to have representation. We have to have a conduit, if you will, I think you use the term funnel, to get to the, the hawk suite and get what members are feeling across. Because I can't imagine that there's many members right now who are very happy and proud to be members of Yorkshire. Chris, your thoughts on, on that? I think the an area that I disagree with Jim on there is I think that the members do need to be on the board. Um, I think that the, the members committee needs to be larger. I think it needs to have a, a greater cross-representation of the communities that Yorkshire are involved with and, and want to be involved with. Uh, I think that it needs a couple, if, if not three people, on the board because I think that the danger that, that Lord Patel has at the moment is that if he only appoint somebody from an Asian background, he will be accused of, of you know, bowing to the to, to the inevitable. Another white middle-aged person like, like us, he will be bowing to the inevitable. So I think he needs to try and have a cross-representation on the board of, of those communities. But I think the most important thing is that it has to be two-way. He has to say to that membership committee, get involved, you know, give, give them something to own that they have responsibility for within the, within this change in the organisation. And therefore, part of that responsibility is for the management committee to come back and say, this is our voice. I mean, Jim said earlier that he's getting a lot of emails with anger, 
But the next thing is say, well, well, well what, do you, what can we do about that? How can we help the change? Because yeah, it's very easy to be angry. It's very easy to tell somebody they must be better. It's very easy to say, I wouldn't do it that way. But mm-hmm. I think that the first thing that needs to happen is that the members need to be got together with a facilitator to try and come up with some recommendations and, and some things that, that are very tangible, yeah, rather than we want it to be better. Yeah, and that, that they have just at the board and you know, some working parties are put together to take things forward. At the moment, I would, you know, having looked at this myself from a business, you know, some of the business things I've done, I'm less worried about structure and roles of people now in terms of that. I'd be more involved in getting some groups together to make a difference and start some momentum. Yeah, the, the, the other stuff will take care of itself. But at the moment, um, the opportunity is to, is, to, is to listen to the members and try and get something tangible that we can do. I think with Yorkshire, there's obviously been a problem. I saw today the club released the stats that there's 36 people have come forward to the whistleblower hotline. Don't know any of those people, who any of them are and what their, their, their complaints are. Some of them may be nothing. Some of them may be quite serious. We don't know. But there's obviously people there that want to have a talk on that hotline to say their piece. I think that Yorkshire, though, have been unlucky in, in the respect that They've come up against Azim, who was not prepared to go away. But I think they've actually, in, in the, going back to the right from the start with this, I think they've been lucky in a way that they've been given this chance to be better. Jim, the one thing that, that's very important is that from Yorkshire's perspective, it's got to admit there is a problem, and Lord Patel's done that. But we're seeing from around the rest of the country, the other 17 counties have issues too, don't they? This isn't just a Yorkshire thing. No, absolutely not. It goes all the way to the top. And I remember reading about this at the time. I'm not I'm not hugely educated, but I remember the Michael Carberry allegations um, that he came out with. Was it 2016, 2017? When he was playing for Hampshire, which related to his time in England, basically getting scapegoated for was getting slaughtered in Australia. There's more and more and more that's going to come out, and it's going to engulf all 18 first-class counties. That's a frustrating thing. I remember watching the DCMS committee, and something that Azim Rafiq said. I, I'll paraphrase. I don't remember the exact quote, but he's, you know, he basically said, you know, you can have all the commissions and the committees in the world. They're not working. They're not doing anything. And then an hour later, Tom Harrison came out and reeled them all off as achievement. And I just remember thinking to myself, you didn't listen to a single word Azim Rafiq said, did you? You didn't, because everything he's just said is that hasn't worked. You have then come out and said, well, I've done this. And, and it was really quite frustrating. And it goes, I mean, we, we know that it, racism exists in our society. We know that. We saw it, we saw it in football. This summer, when the three lads missed their penalties, the abuse that they got uh, because they were black. We know it exists in cricket. I'm sure we all have all seen or heard it in one capacity. But now we're at the stage where it's got to stop now. I I can't fix society. I can't even fix the ECB. And I'm not confident particularly I can fix Yorkshire. But we can really try. And there's a lot of right-minded members out there want to do the same. Let's get this out of our, get it out of our. Yeah. That again, Chris, is um, something that Azim said when he was 
giving his evidence, wasn't it? That, you know, from his point of view, he can't change society, like Jim just said. But, you know, we can look after what we know, can't we? And we've got a chance to change cricket. You know, cricket is a chip for us as people. Cricket yeah. is, a, is something we can actually have a little bit of an impact on. And this is our chance to maybe, you know, just on a local level, change something that might actually be better for their future generations. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I just want to pick up on one thing that, 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 that Jim alluded to there in terms of racism in cricket. I started reading a book recently by two guys called Faye and, and Kinaston, Kinaston, which was called Arlott Swanton and the Soul of English Cricket. So Arlott and Swanton, yeah, two of the, the legends of, of broadcasting, absolute legends, didn't get on, didn't like each other, right? It got, it, it took to page two of this book, right, written in the 60s, before they said the one thing that they were united on was how much they detested racism in cricket. I thought you could say right? each other, sorry. <laughs> so that, that's 60 years. Yeah. Right? That, that's 60 years of cricket administrators trying to solve this problem, and they have failed. That's 60 years of endemic failure. So there wasn't any surprise, was there, Jim? Now, there, there's no Yorkshire member I've come across or anybody in cricket that was surprised by what Azeev. The details, yes, and some of them were horrendous, but the, the concept of racism in cricket, nobody was surprised that that's there. Nobody was surprised that Yorkshire was there. But the only people who haven't really been able to fix or tasked with fixing society, going back to my point earlier, is society itself. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah sometimes you know, that thing about you, you put you put two warring factions in a room and, and lock the door till they come out. Yeah, either one dead or they've they've they've, they've created a solution. Well, well, you're almost at that level. You're almost at that level of saying let 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 society you know fix itself because I think in a lot of cases. On the streets, yeah, in the terraces, it, it's not that bad. You know, you go to you go to Yorkshire, you go to the Western Terrace to sit with Jim, right? You have a laugh, a crack, a joke with everybody. At the end of the Pakistan game this season, the, 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 the camaraderie and fun that was happening outside the, the gates at the end of the game, and, and we'd won, yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You'd be sat there going, like, problem what? But go back to members stand, it's uncomfortable because of the historic way they talk about scanting something objectable or... Having a go. You're just breaking up. You're just breaking up a little bit there again, Chris. But we're getting what you're saying. I mean, I, I I'm on Facebook and I was looking through some of the Facebook groups the other day, and it shocked me actually. I, I it's quite easy to paint a, a rosy picture of Yorkshire supporters as being all on message and all against what the club's done and all for as a human for change and stuff. But that's from what I've seen, that is far from true. And I even saw a group of people the other day who were middle-aged white blokes who were presumably high up in their own cricket clubs and and, in the low, you know, and and have an influence on younger people who were still saying, well, what's wrong with using the P word? I can understand why it was dangerous in eighties and nineties with P bashing and stuff like that. But now, you know, surely we just back to being able to call people what we like. These are people that, you know, are still, even after watching what's happened over the last two and three weeks are still saying that, Jim. Well, I mean, I, I messaged you directly the other day. I left one of the Facebook groups. In fact, the only Yorkshire group that I was in, mm. I left it. I saw I saw some of the stuff that you were getting, and I, and I won't name names. And I was stunned. I was I was just absolutely gobsmacked. I was just like, what is going on here? And, and I remember two weeks ago in the same group, I got into it with somebody because it was just like, I get called a pommy. Why can't I call somebody the P word? Why don't you just try calling them Pakistani? Or better still, yeah. their name. <laughs> Do you know? 
and, yeah. and you just and, and not Steve. And it's so alien to me. I, I don't understand it. And and you you're quite correct. I can only speak for the members who have emailed me, put their names forward for an EGM. But I don't disagree with you. I've seen the fan groups. I've also seen some of the behaviour from certain Twitter accounts who are almost relishing in obviously some of the more lurid details, shall we say, of the, yeah. the Zima thing that have come out the last few days. They're relishing in it. They're loving it. And I'm just like, so you're loving the fact that it's just now a mudslinging contest and, and no no issues are really, really going to get solved? What What's actually wrong with you? But there is an issue with Yorkshire. Zim Rafiq isn't perfect. Nobody ever said he was, less of all me. And, and you seem to be loving and enjoying this. And you're quite correct in what you're saying. Some of the fan base, I'll, I'll use the word, is toxic, and I, d- I don't know how to. Fi- I don't know how to deal with that. Uh, I don't. These are the people who I sit in the long room alongside, who I probably have a chin wag with. You know, <laughs> when Don Best is bowling, these are the people yeah. who I chat to, and I, I don't know how we fix that. How do we fix that, Chris? <laughs> well, I, I, I... Cheers, 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 Jim and James. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm frantically looking around for a fourth person here. Now, I, I think that it, it does come back down to peer group, peer pressure in a in a large way. Peer group, peer pressure, get people in a room, get them talking, um, have a code of conduct for membership, have something that says that, you know, I want to be proud of it. I mean, I, I was saying to, to James or, or before we started, Jim, that one of the problems is that there's not a lot to being a member. You don't get much. I mean, this year, Yorkshire's whole thing about being a member was if you become a member, you get early doors tickets for the, te- for the test matches in 20, what, 22. And if you buy those, then you get early doors tickets for the Ashes in 23. So the only tangible thing they could come up with is that we went to the front of the queue for test matches. Well, that, that's not about being a member of Yorkshire. That's just just being at the front of a, of a velvet rope and going into a nightclub type of thing. So, so they have to sit down and figure out what being a member of Yorkshire is and what type of, you know, what, what values that go with that and, and what, what responsibilities and take that back into the community as well and be proud of it. My biggest issue is, Yorkshire, you know, is that, you know, I, you know, being my age, you know, I went to the test matches in the 70s with my father and listened to him tell me about, you know, when he was there in 48 for the Invincibles and we sat in the same place. You know, we used to carry our, our chairs in there. Uh, so he was there for the Invincibles for 48. I was, we were both there for, for boycott 100th 100. Yeah, we were there during the, you know, the, the 81 Ashes with Willis and, and both of them. And we were there, you know, as a whole family for the Ashes, for the, for, for Stokes's Ashes, not, not on the day, but for the, that day. And those are great memories and they're associated with Yorkshire and because of Yorkshire. And, and I just have a horrible feeling that those are going to be lost. Yeah, that, that's a big fear I have is that, you know, that whole history and tradition will be lost. So you've got to find a way of membership being ambassadors. You've got to find a way for them actually having some pride and something tangible and something that they, they, they get out of, of being there rather than you have an opportunity to buy your tickets first for another £150 a day because that, that's not being a member. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. I had a long conversation with somebody the other day about the thing that I love about county cricket about the 18 county structure and is the history, the tradition, the fact that all of these things happened in the past and we're kind of keeping it all going. 
to me, that's the great, probably the greatest thing about county cricket is that tradition and that history. It's also the worst thing about it as well, because it sets it, it kind of all of the bad stuff we're seeing at the moment is because of that kind of thing, isn't it? The kind of the historical white dominance in the boardrooms and in the committee rooms and everybody that's ever made a decision in the county club is pretty much white and they've made it however they saw it would be. It, it's going to take some, Jim, I mean, I, I live in Bradford and I've spoken to a lot of people of colour in Bradford over the last two or three weeks. And you say to them, you know, like you were saying earlier about, you know, you mentioned Yorkshire County Cricket Club and their eyes roll back in the head. There is a massive disconnect between the South Asian population of, of Yorkshire and other um, ethnic groups as well and Headingley Cricket Grounds they don't see it as being their club and that's going to take a big big step a lot's going to have to change for that to be that trust to be not only recovered from the last two weeks but it's never been there really anyway no it hasn't and uh, you know, I'll just take you up on your point I think I said this to you on the phone a couple of weeks ago I've been a member eight years I can count on one hand the amount of South Asian people that I have ever seen at Headingley and look at where Headingley is it's in well I mean obviously it's in Leeds but it's close proximity to Bradford and it's close proximity to areas like Hare Hills you know where are these people when Pakistan are playing the test match they are all there when India are playing a test match they're all there I would say I would say Bangladesh but the ECB don't let Bangladesh come over and play cricket anymore what you know where are these people they, they don't feel part of Yorkshire they don't feel part of our cricket club. And I don't, and that actually upsets me. I, as long as people are turning up and supporting Yorkshire, I don't care who you are. And you use a really good word there for it. You use the word disconnect. And that is exactly what it is. And you can throw all the money you want into Bradford Park Avenue and you can have net sessions there. But until you're actually engaging properly with the community, and, I and again, I don't know the answer to this, it's going to continue. And, and I don't know what the solution is. I come I, I back down to the fact that you're still going to just go and ask people why they're not there. Yeah, you've got to have that community. You've got to open that communication at the at all levels at the bottom, and you have to be prepared to lose a percentage of the current membership. The concept of being a member is that there's an element of exclusivity, isn't there? You know that that's you're you 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 become you know you're a VIP member, a member of a club. So that has, it's a catch twenty two. You know, a membership infers an element of exclusivity. Right, but you've got to go and find out and say, but you know, it has to be open to all because society is open to all. So we have to go and have conversations with every basis of community, every every aspect of the communities in society, and ask why aren't you? What would you, what would we need to do? Then give me time and ha and how and how will you measure whether I've done it? You know, the, the, it's the basics. You know, it's mm -hmm. the absolute basics about you know, you don't sit there in an ivory tower. You know, if you and I, James, tried to understand what Jim wanted in life, right, we would just get it so wrong. Go and ask Jim what he wants, right, and we have a fair, we have somewhere to start. Yeah, we have somewhere to start where we can then say, okay, understand that's what you want. Would you accept some, all, or you know, a balance of that? And how will you measure our success? And then you've got something to go away and go to somewhere like the ECB about the, the suspension, about the members, and say, right. This is the shape of it. This is where we want to get to, right? And then we sort of say, who wants to help us get there? So fundamentally, it just needs running properly. It's like any relationship, Chris, isn't it? You know, if, you, if you're going to try and create some kind of friendship or loyalty or long-term trust with somebody, you look them in the eyes, you shake their hand and you, you get to know them. 
and it's the same same with this, isn't it? You you get to know people and you you try and make friends so they come into the ground. Effectively, is that's what basically what you're trying to do. In terms of the ECB and, and future penalties, and <clears throat> I know um, Jimmy, you were saying that you felt that. Yorkshire were maybe being signalled out a bit. Sorry, I'm going to get croaky. Do you, do you think Yorkshire are going to be over-punished by the ECB? Well, let's see what comes out in the next few... Well, I mean, it's going to be a long winter as cricket fans, and I'm not talking about the Ashes. Yorkshire... See, I'm very cynical regards the ECB. They got involved and sanctioned Yorkshire when Yorkshire lost sponsors. That's, that's the only time that we saw the ECB turn up. And then they, they sit in a select committee and they hammer Yorkshire, possibly, and, and fair play to Julian Knight because he was not playing. He'd done his homework and they said one thing. Well, Yorkshire wanted to do their own report. Roger Hutton had sat there an hour previous saying he'd asked for ECB help. One of them... Now, whether it's Roger Hutton or whether it's Tom Harrison, one of them lied to Parliament. Good luck with that. Uh, I don't know who it was who did, but the ECB were only ever interested as soon as it became a PR disaster. They could have intervened at any point. So we said a lot on this podcast, Jim, that there's, well, we decided there were three um, reasons why people get um, upset about racism in cricket, in, in authority. It's either going to embarrass them, it's going to cost them money, or they can make some political gain by stamping the feet and getting upset about it. And that's all coming to come through over the last couple of weeks, isn't it? You know, people don't get, get start to do stuff or make issue statements or take any action unless it's either going to embarrass them or cost them cash. Yes. When it, when it comes to my feelings regards the ECB, that is absolutely how I feel. I, I have very little faith or confidence. They, they don't exist to, for the good of the game. Um, they, they exist to make themselves money. I appreciate that's also the world that we live in. What they did in that DCMS, they, they just tried to pinpoint everything onto Yorkshire. I know Roger Hutton came across as a bit of a wet blanket, and, and I get that. But Roger Hutton had already resigned. He didn't have to be there. Mark Arthur didn't turn up. He's resigned. Roger Hutton went, and I, I don't actually disbelieve a lot of what Roger Hutton said, because what did he have to gain from lying? He's, he's going to walk out of Parliament, get back, back on his train, and go to a, and just go home, and he'll never have to worry about Yorkshire Cricket Club ever again. There's, there's, there was no reason for him to say anything that wasn't, Mr. That wasn't the truth. Don't you think, though, Jim, on the, in, in terms of Yorkshire... They deserve to be sing- singled out. We're going to see cases probably all over the country. Um, Yorkshire deserve to be singled out because if a club, we see, we've seen Essex do it more than once in recent times, as soon as an issue is put in front of them, they basically say, right, this is out of order. We've got zero tolerance. We're going to look into this and we're going to do it now. Whereas Yorkshire didn't do that with Azim. They didn't actually take his you know, his initial complaints seriously at all until it was um, until George DeBell wrote about it. So Yorkshire, I think, deserve to get a little bit more of a kicking than any of the other counties because they could have actually avoided all this. If they'd actually taken Azim, taken notes on Azim and investigated it properly and taken appropriate action, we'd never have been sat here talking about it. They could have they could have dealt with this at any point over the last sixteen months. They completely and utterly failed to do so. But that's the arrogance of the old boys network who runs Yorkshire. And I'll use Chris's term, the old boys club. They they just they all sit there 
and they just think that they're better than everybody and they know what's best. I mean, I followed the story. There's got to be a tangible reason why they're not releasing this report. There's got to be something. And then all of a sudden, they actually had nothing. All they had was their bullish arrogance that it was going to go away. And it never went away. And that's why we're here. I do agree with what you need sanctioning. Um, but I do also feel a little bit that the ECB in the DCMS, the ECB didn't care. For 15 and a half months they weren't bothered they weren't interested but when they went to the DCMS and they were just like oh well it was Yorkshire this it was Yorkshire this Yorkshire this Yorkshire that Yorkshire Yorkshire Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. and even Julian Knight was just like well no you're the custodian of the game what did you actually do here I think I think part, part of your, your your initial question before to Jim was about you know, what can or will the ECB do and part of me says I'm not sure because I think they will be incredibly reluctant to set stronger precedent because for, for the sake of devil's advocate, what what happens if if you know Lancashire, Trent Bridge, Surrey, what happens if if something similar comes out there and all of a sudden they've got no venues to test ground, right? You know they they they, they could have a huge problem. Yeah, you know, they could have a huge problem. Uh, and I also think that the fact that they have obviously come out of having not supported Yorkshire through this process means it's very hard for them to take the high moral ground in terms of, of issuing a too strong a punishment. So, I, so, I got so, the impression, Chris, that the ECB had almost purposely stepped back, waiting for Yorkshire to make a mess of it so they could ride in to sort it all out. But it's not quite played out like that, has it? No, well, Jim used, Jim used two phrases which did make me laugh. I mean, first of all, like lying to Parliament, good luck with that. Well, we do have quite a lot of that going on at the moment. Um, and the, and the, and the second one, to, 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 to use the words ECB and PR disaster and it not be about the ECB uh, was, was slightly, slightly ironic as well at the moment, you know, because they're coming on the back of that. It was one of those punishments that, that sounded draconian. You know, we've suspended you from all major games during the five-month period where they're all known scheduled, right? Um, and we're, you know, and, and to, unless you've actually shown significant steps, which we haven't defined... Yeah, in correcting this issue that we've been in denial existed. I'm not quite sure how you take that forward, really. Other than also, a, they've also um, ball- um, suspended Gary Balance from England selection when they haven't picked him for however four years, is it anyway? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I, I, I suspect Jim and I aren't going to get selected either. I don't know, Chris. I don't know. I think you're in. I think you're in the frame. If there's a couple of injuries <laughs> in the ashes, they might call upon you. Um, just to, let's let's round this off a little bit because I mean, one of one of the things I, I um, want to get across in this, from my point of view, is I, I think yeah, you know, obviously there's this smear campaign a little bit against Azim at the moment. Um, he's not an angel, as Jim says. He's never actually tried to paint himself as being an angel either. That's important to note. He's never actually said, "I am the bastion of everything that's virtuous in the world." Whatever comes out in the future for, about Azim, but he, he could be the worst person in the world. He's still got to have the right procedures to deal with racism allegations. You've still got to do deal with racism properly. And it's quite clear that from what the club has done, they haven't dealt with it properly. There's 36 people knocking on the door at the moment with their own versions of that. And I think there's more to come too. So um, the club's got a lot of work to do there and it needs to be better in that regard. And in that regard... Um, let's round off with um, the EGM then. You, you're pushing for one in the new year. You're pushing for one to basically make the club actually listen to the members. How do how yeah. the members that are watching this who haven't actually seen your thing to sign, how do they get involved with that? 
There's an email address. It's gruntledmembersatoutlook.com. Disgruntledmembersatoutlook.com. Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or find Jim and I on Twitter. We do have to have the, the member's name and their membership number. And obviously, you know, since we set this up, you know, the world has turned on its head you know, in terms of you know, there, there is no denial now. It's out there. Changes are taking place. But the concept about the EGM, we've, we've repeatedly said, is that fundamentally it's a way of, of, of making Yorkshire. And I would say to Lord Patel, this is a, a way of helping you. And it's a strong sign of a more collaborative approach from the bottoms up to trying to address the, the issues of racism and also just the sheer credibility of Yorkshire now. You know, I, you know, Jim says that I go to my, my cricket club, right? And, you know, I hate to use the word banter, but, but you, you get riffed a bit yeah, now about it. You know? yeah. and, and, you know, the 33, the 33 championships, the, the you know, strong England, strong Yorkshire, strong England, it's all been undone now. And it's a shame. Yeah? And, and it's unnecessary and it can be corrected. Because uh, I say it can be put back together, but it needs the members to kind of come back together and to support the club through this process to a degree, doesn't it? You know, obviously, if, if things go wrong in the future, the members shouldn't be frightened to actually say what's gone wrong. But generally speaking, the members are part of that club and need to play a big part in that. Um, Chris and Jim, I'm going to let you get on with your evenings. Uh, it's been a very good to talk to you both and to see your lovely little faces on my screen in front of me. <laughs> I wish you all the best um, and uh, for. Well, over the next few weeks and for a happy Christmas and for an EGM-filled New Year. Um, and hopefully our club mends itself and goes on to bigger and better days in the future and we can hook up at Headingley and uh, maybe share a pint together in the future. Absolutely. Oh, I'm Thank you, James. Pint, <laughs> I thought you might say that. Gentlemen, this has been a pleasure and uh, thank you very much for joining me. We'll be back on the Cricket Badger podcast uh, very, very soon with other people um, to be talked to. I think I've got Shield Berry coming on. He's got a new book coming out very soon indeed. And then obviously the Ashes, not too far away. We'll be talking about all of that as we go through the winter. Chris and Jim, thanks again. And I'll talk to you guys out there very soon indeed. Podcast Network.